Hey everybody. Hey Matt. Hi Ashley, how are you? Yeah, good. Welcome to another episode of Honest to Pod with me, Ashley McAllister. And me, Matthew Alley. And yeah, let's just jump right in this week because we were both off parading and everything in this weekend and we're daily. It's now nearly half ten and <laughs> I'm tired because I'm still hungover. I do want to get this up though for one second. Hold on one second. Oh, okay. Because two people said to me, Matthew, um, why isn't the podcast up yet? And <gasps> because you'd posted, we were priding. I was ready to go Sunday night and I was just away for the weekend, but I was fully prepared. It was purely Ashley who was unavailable to record and get some time. So just to be clear, it's not both of our faults. It is Ashley's fault. And he has got to stop including me in this. Okay. So wait a minute. You weren't priding. I was away for the weekend, for sure. Why are you homophobic? Why am I homophobic? Yeah. Honestly, we went to this place, right? So <laughs> we were in Antwerp. I thought it was pride in Antwerp because I'd like rainbow flags everywhere. And we were walking around looking for somewhere to go for a drink and stuff. And we were just going around the town. And then brother was like, oh, we need to go into this place. So we walk in, we sit down, we get a drink. The drink is awful. No one's really in there. It's a proper old man pub. Okay, we get the drinks. I was like, I need to go to the toilet. I need to go to the toilet straight away. I go to the toilet and there's like a poster in front of me and I was like, this looks kind of funny. So I walk out and there's these two other massive posters, both with like Islamic hate on it. So I walk through to the guys. And I'm like, I think this is a white supremacist pub. <laughs> they were like, no. And what I didn't mention is, is as I walked in, there was this big old Trump and Pence like uh, make America great again. And there was basically like um, this propaganda everywhere. And as we were looking around, one of my friends looked online for like, what it was all in another language, it was all in Flemish or something else. We were in a white supremacist pub. Well, like, you're black. I know they served us as well. Oh my god! Well, I mean, I don't know. What, I'm, I don't know what to say because I'm like, well, I'm glad they served you, but also, I think I'm homophobic. Are you not homophobic? I, I, maybe I always was. Who knows? Maybe. But that was the answer to your question. So obviously, I like to frequent. I don't know, these, what would you call it? Conservative? It's more than conservative. <laughs> but, all right. Nazi? It w- there was Nazi memorabilia on the wall. Here, listen, why not just come out and come clean? This is actually not a gay podcast. This is a pro-Nazi. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't even keep a straight face when I say that. We said it to our fans. You didn't know what you were doing. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've converted you all. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, yeah, but I was um, not well, I sorry, I was proud. I was very proud. I was in Belfast Pride this week, which uh, I did put on my Instagram that I do think it's the one of the few Pride events in Britain where it's actually still very political. Yeah, because here in Northern Ireland, we don't have as many rights as people on the mainland. Like we don't have equal marriage or anything like that yet. Mm. And I've explained to you before, like the Sinn Fein versus DUP going on, and Sinn Fein are very pro. LGBT, and we were actually walking right in front of the Sinn Féin party. That's cool. But the DUP party, we're with the Aslans, the Belfast Uh, rugby team. Uh, The Sinn Féin Irish party was behind us, and for better or for worse, some people disagree about whatever, but I think it was great that they showed up, and showed up in numbers, like, all of them were there, proudly holding the banner. But it was a good event. I... So I was staying with our friend John mm-hmm. um, and his family, and there's oh so much alcohol, and it's it's I'm like I'm still hungover. I I haven't really stopped drinking. 
I so, didn't staying until Monday. So it was from Friday to, to Monday or did you go on Saturday? I went down Friday. We were at Friday night. Well, we didn't know. We stayed in Friday night and had a couple of drinks around the fire thing in the back garden. So we had <laughs> drinks around that. We were supposed to go into town, but we decided not to because the people we were meeting, their flight was delayed. So we're going. And then Saturday, we got up early, had the parade, which was really nice. John's mum and brother and his brother's girlfriend all came to the parade as well. It was a really fun day. Then we stayed out drinking. We did a bit of a pub tour around Belfast. It was sort of like it was busy. It wasn't busy enough that you're waiting like ages to get served in the pubs because there's just so many pubs. But it was still busy to have a really good atmosphere and a really good time. So Were they celebrating Pride as well? Were they like gay bars and stuff there? Um, it was sort of like, it was, yeah. It was it was busy because it was Pride. Like everywhere you went, there was rainbows and it was it was really, very really a lot of fun. But mm. um, I wouldn't say... It's sort of like we noticed with the parade. You know in London, when they have the parade, it's sort of like people come into town for the parade and everything's closed off. And I'd say similar in Belfast, but it, I would say most of the crowds, or no, I don't know, I'd say probably about 40%, 50% of the crowd, which, they just happened to be in town shopping and decided to stop and watch the parade. I find that so bizarre that that happens to people. And even in London, some people I was talking to, they'd be like, oh, you know, I was just in London and then it just happened to be Pride. And I'm like, it's plastered everywhere. Like, do you not feel like everyone, no matter, even in there, because the streets are closed. Yeah, well, they, they closed streets here once the parade kicked off, but yeah. Anyway, it was a good day. And then Sunday, I was supposed to come up on Sunday, but then John's mom cooked a incredible feast and then other members of the family came around and some friends of the family. And yeah, and then John, me and his mom just ended up, I got pretty drunk again, <laughs> drinking whiskey in front of the fire. And then Saturday or, Saturday or Monday, we just had a very lazy day. Very, very lazy day. And then I came up and had some more alcohol when I got home. And then, what if it was gluten-free? The food. The entire weekend? Yes, everything was gluten-free. Amazing. Yeah. On purpose or like it just happened, they just didn't eat much gluten? They're, I've stayed there a few times. They've probably had to listen to me <laughs> reject lots of food in the past. Uh, okay. But what we're going to do is next year... I think we should get more people over for Belfast Pride and make a bit more of a, like a bit more of a thing of it. Um, I'd be so down. I would have done that over Brighton Pride. Like fuck Britney. Honestly, I don't understand why everyone's so hype over that. Um. Anyway, shall we? Yeah. So I'll say next year, we'll do a big thing about it. Get loads of people there. Well, I'd be down to go for sure. I'd absolutely love to do it. Sweet. Cool. 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 Well, anyway, let's get on with the podcast. <laughs> Do you want to speak today? I will go first. Does I, do I sound okay? I think last week I sounded a bit robotic. What, your voice? Yeah. When I played back, it sounded very... A lot of people commented uh, that I sounded auto-tuned. Someone else said that. Mm. I don't, to me, it sounds fine. Well, maybe sh- we maybe we were channeling Cher because Mamma Mia 2's out. And uh, that was so good. I've and we been... should start singing like our intro so the auto tune would help because it'd be like honest to hood or something like that, you know? Do that do 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 No. Honest to pod. You spent too much time in Belfast and on Island, because no. <laughs> Is that not in the church? <laughs> I was doing my best Beyonce Ave Maria. <laughs> you need to be like, I... oh, 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 oh. <laughs> 
That I, run, she needs to do the runs. I think I nailed it. Let's move on. <laughs> so this week I have pages printed because... I can see there's a lot of paper there. <laughs> <laughs> Only because I'm so tired and I want to keep track. Uh, so what I want to talk about this week, and I have to say, once I pulled this article out, I sort of misread it. And I did this sort of research and then it turns out what I thought it was saying is slightly incorrect, but I'll read it anyway. It's it's a small detail. I misread what he was, but I'll start anyway. So this is something I read in Pink News and it's talking about American politics. So let's get excited about that for a start. And it's basically saying that there is, the only Republican candidate for Missouri seat said that homosexuality kills more people than smoking. It has been revealed. So essentially this is a guy who's called, I get this for a name, Hardy Billington. He sounds like he sounds like a villain from a Shrek, Shrek film. So in this district, eighty <laughs> percent. What are you doing? Well, I'm gonna make a little live feed and say they're actually recording. Oh, a oh, live one? feed. Oh, is that? Well, I'm gonna make a little live feed and say they're actually recording. Wow. Hey, carry on. Well, I'm gonna make a little live feed and say they're actually recording. Let's. Uh, <laughs> I don't have to stop this now. <laughs> when you, whenever you're ready. I'm really bad. <laughs> <laughs> <What's that? laughs> all right okay so in this area basically oh, <laughs> what is, shall we just pause this no no i'm good i'm good i'm listening <laughs> but essentially what i was getting confused about was that he had basically said that more people will die from gay sex than smoking he had said it i thought it was a recent saying but it's basically the, the article i read was just highlighting that a person is running for office and he had previously said this. I thought he had said it recently. And he basically had hired out or rented some ad space in a publication called The Daily American Republic. In this, he ran an article that said, study after study reveals that homosexuality, whether male or female, can take anywhere from 10, 20 to 30 years off someone's lifespan. I don't know how he's doing it, but he's doing it wrong. The the gay thing. Yeah. Well, I think it's not that it takes it off your lives. It's that gays or lesbians will say that they are 10 to 20 to 30, 30 years younger than they actually are. Oh, okay. Like you yeah. Uh, I'm 21. And <laughs> oh, sorry. I will be 21 for the rest of my life. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, what yeah. he misunderstood what he heard when the gays were like, I'm 25. We know that means they're 55, but he doesn't know that. That's why. Mm. Well, he then goes on to say, with all the attention on smoking, which the National Cancer Institute says takes seven to ten years of somebody's life, why not the same human outcry on homosexuality? Here's a behaviour that kills people two to three times the rate of smoking, yet nobody seems to care. In fact, we are encouraging and affirming individuals into the gay lifestyle. If you truly love someone, you would steer them away from the self-destructive behaviours rather than towards it. Homosexuals need our tough love, not blind love, and kind and the kind of love that is going to love them no matter what they say and do. We must extend that helping hand and say, I think you're worth saving. Let's work on it together. So, I mean, he says study after study, but I mean, there is no evidence for it. What I did find is evidence against it. So was it in response to this article or something you just found as you were searching around? Um, something which I would like to say I found, but actually when I was talking 
but somebody shared it with me anyway. Okay. Uh, so the top 10 leading causes of death by age group are actually the top three are basically unintentional injury, malignant neoplasms. What on earth is malignant neoplasms? Malignant. That's, is that not cancer? So, um, yeah, I think it's just cancerous tumor, isn't it? Basically, yeah. Uh, and heart disease, followed by suicide and then homicide. Um, and you have to go pretty far down. I mean, I think HIV, which I'm assuming he is saying the leading cause of death for gays. I think that's a big assumption. It doesn't actually say the, from the little bit that I read. I mean, I, that my first thought was that's what he meant. Potentially. He does say men and women. Yeah. I thought he was making such a broad narrow-minded unsubstantial statement that he was just saying a non-heterosexual lifestyle leads to because 10 to 20 or 30 is more you're like is it 10 or 20 or 30 because it kind of needs to be somewhere in the middle i guess if i stop now would that mean because i've had a bit of gay sex but maybe not as much as i could have does that mean that i'm going to that is a lie you've made your most of all your opportunities especially from the ages of 30 and 30 and a half. I was there. <laughs> you weren't actually there. No, I'm glad I was not. Oh my God. <laughs> the sounds that you would make, you know. <laughs> Robert? No, I'm joking. <laughs> I just farted. I laughed at Um, I think what the guy kind of feels to consider is the amount of deaths from young gay people, from suicide, from having people in their lives or voices around them like this idiot who is spurting out stuff which has no scientific backing at all it like people like this annoy me and obviously people are entitled to their views and i would never say they're not but when you have to lie and spurt hateful stuff like gay sex takes 20 30 40 years off your life maybe it's because i'm feeling very political and feeling off the back of belfast pride this is irking me a bit more than what it should but i just think America needs to just give itself a shake. This guy clearly has something wrong with him if he's able to spurt this sort of hate and think it's okay. Absolutely. The fact that there's no sort of self-awareness or the development of the, like, you know, the growing country and, and it's still okay to say these sort of things. It's not acceptable. It's not acceptable. Have you seen that new Sasha Baron Cohen uh, TV show? Uh, n- yes, I've watched one episode. We watched it at the weekend. Oh my days. It is basically related to what you're doing. And I can't tell whether it's true or not, whether like the people that are taking part know what they're getting themselves in for or not. But like it's basically he's almost like tricking them into saying things that are really well, it's difficult because it's not like he's well, I guess maybe he's tricking some of them because there's like a girl on there who used to be a reality TV show and he's basically force feeding her the words to say that as really bigoted and closed minded type things. But then there are people that are actually running for political position. Why are you putting that closer to your chest? <laughs> Oh, no, I've just moved, um, I moved a laptop up so it sits on my knees. Slash belly. Yeah, I don't know if it... But there are people that are actually running for or in, currently in, uh, you know, positions of power within politics. And then, I don't know, he's just taking the piss out of them and it's really, really funny. I watched one other day where it had the, the politician from Alabama, I think he's from, who... Have you seen them all? Have you, are you up to date? No, I think I haven't seen the latest one, but the politician from Alabama and the, um, the little scanner. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> scans yeah, yeah. Sex, sexual predators and pedophiles and he's like oh are you wearing somebody else's yeah. jacket <laughs> oh my god are, are you wearing somebody else's jacket <laughs> have you, you, did you it? It? oh yeah so good <laughs> or the bit yeah. whenever they have all the people dressed up for the the mexican party <laughs> the oh my days <laughs> the oh, red, red line 
I was just like, oh, the, the horrible what? The one for the quinceanera. Yeah, yeah. And then they've got their little like panties with the fanny inside. Yeah, the gun. Oh, it's honestly, it's so bad. <laughs> just yeah. the random guy hiding in there. Uh, you know, and that's. I think it's the beginning of that episode of the one, the last one before, where he they go to that town and he wants to build a mosque. Oh, it wasn't that episode. It must be the one before. Ah, uh, okay, it's just the one before, and it's really bad because the people are saying really horrible things oh. uh, about it. And you know, we he's like, we've got blacks in this town, and we just about tolerate them. Um, oh. Yeah. It's crazy. I'm like, it can't be real. It can't be real. But I'll talk about that when I go into my bit a bit. Mm. Anyway, that's all I want to talk about. Well, it kind of really feeds into what I wanted to talk about today. Oh, okay. Because... So this weekend, I also went away, like you did. I went to Antwerp in Belgium for... So when did you get back? Sunday. What time? Um, why? I was still available to do the podcast, by the way. <laughs> I'm just, just check. What time were you back? Um, I got back about seven. In the morning. Seven. Because we record the podcast usually Sunday at five. So you wouldn't have been about to record the podcast Sunday at five. Not a five, but I could have done something. Oh, okay, okay, sorry. I, I just I thought you... I, okay, okay, let's go on to your point then. I just wanted to make sure that was clear. Just before I come to that point, did you not say <laughs> that you were supposed to come back on Sunday so we could have done it on Monday, which we agreed upon, and then you decided to stay an extra day at John Henry's house and get hammered? Well, I think you need to blame John Henry's mum for this then. I blame her for everything. Anyway, uh, we went away for the weekend to Antwerp, and it was a really nice weekend. It was me, uh, my brother... And basically some of my old school friends um, there as well. So there's five of us and I was uh, the only uh, gay person there out of the group. There was five boys. And it's been a long time since I've sort of, you know, hung out with like people that aren't gay. I'll, I'll be seriously, I made this conscious effort in my life and kind of, you know, and I want to like reconnect with my friends and my families and stuff because, you know, I think it's important to have a well-rounded life. But anyway, I was really happy they invited me to go. So that was really fun. But it really put like some things into perspective in terms of, uh, the way that I think about things. And I kind of got some questions, uh, even questions just to ask you, because I guess it would directly affect you in some parts. And that is, is um, the, the subject of racism came up because we went to that pub where um, they had basically just hate spewed over everything and big crosses over mosques and any Muslim uh, paraphernalia and had Nazi signs and stuff. But they were so nice to us when we went inside, the guy behind the bar. Me, you know, he just served us a drink. We honestly, though, as soon as we realized, I think we downed our drinks, which were awful, with this horrible drink called Rodenback, and we left. So we were there for about, I don't know, 12 minutes in total. Mm-hmm. They were joking. They would be like, you know, because I'm a cis white male, uh, I get on saying that in like a sort of jokey, non ironic kind of way, you know? Um, so, what was it only you and your brother who were black? Yeah. And everybody else was white. The other three yeah, were white. And there's five of us, the th- other three were. And the idea of white privilege came up as well because they were like, and if this is my, you know, my brother as well. He was like, Matt, I've, he was like, my experiences, he said to me, my experiences have, he was speaking on my behalf that the experience that I've had, I would never have experienced any sort of discrimination for me to say that there is white privilege. Who said this? Your brother said this to you? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, because then it kind of came up about like America and uh, the UK. And I was like, I do believe that America is a lot different to the UK from my own experiences, especially because we grew up in London. I'll give him that. I thought it was um, 
incorrect to say that my experiences, one that he would know my experiences or the things that happened to me, but that I wouldn't have had any discrimination, potentially not based on my color, but maybe for, you know, being gay and stuff. Mm. Um, Cause I feel like I, I get treated differently for being a gay black person uh, than a gay white one. Does anyone ever, how do you feel about this idea about white privilege in general? Well, I know something we've talked, it's something we, we've talked about before, not here. I don't think on this podcast, but I, Does I, it offend I, you? What, the people talk about white privilege? If someone would say that there's white privilege, because they kind of felt a bit offended, being like, just because I'm a white male doesn't mean that, you know, doesn't mean that I have privilege. I, it doesn't offend me. And I, I don't know, I've sort of, at the start, I must say, like, if you had asked me two years ago, one year ago, I probably would have said, uh, yeah, it, there's no such thing. Like, it, I think it's just something you would probably say to justify all the reasons why you feel like you're a victim. Because then I could sort of said, what about straight privilege? And I kind of compared it to that. And I said, well, something, mm. something that straight, a straight person could say, you don't know what it's like to be gay. I don't know what it's like to be a person of color. I have to ask, is person of color offensive or not? Am I allowed to say a person of color? I think that's the most up-to-date or appropriate way of saying it because it's not enough just to say, because then it's sort of like, I say I'm black. I think I said this before, but I don't, I'm not, I'm not black. Like I'm not, you know I'm mixed race I'm mixed um, mm. and also you know people that are just not white so yeah as far as I'm aware a PIC a person of colour is the most appropriate and up to date way of saying it to keep it back on track I flipped it around and I and I think it was around about the same time I watched an episode of Grey's Anatomy this black family it was Bailey and her new husband would sit down Bailey's son hi what you said new husband you are we're not having this conversation now nope that is not fair you cannot uh, don't ruin one of my favourite shows for me. <laughs> well, listen, you're literally getting into it 14 years later than when it was actually originally aired. So I'm sorry that you're now experiencing spoilers from a show that's 14 years old, but you need to get beyond that. When I told you about eight years ago, watch this show, you shouldn't have waited another eight years. So, I didn't know you eight years ago, one, first of all. and uh, well, Yes, you did. You never told me that anyway. Anyway, anyway. besides that fact anyway don't bring that to me for me please Bailey sat down and told her son about he's white isn't he i'm not am i allowed to say no right well then he's whatever um <laughs> anyway so and i was questioning like is that actually something you do would would, would you sit a would the parents of a, i need to say this without spoiling the show bloody say the story okay it's one plot line in the seventeen thousand of them no Stupid person. Ugh. Basically, the story in the, the show happens. They, it's a single episode story where this kid was running late from somewhere and his mom had left. So he started climbing in his, his own house's window to get into the house and he's black and the police shot him. And then they, it all started, it was this big episode and then they were basically sat down, this character's kid, and said, the world will treat you different because of the colour of your skin. And I was like thinking, oh, come on. I, I don't think it would ha- I don't know a situation where it might happen here. I know that my mum never ever said that to me about people treating you differently and this, that, and the other. But you do see it a lot now on TV, especially because I think a lot of people try to send that message. But it does come from a lot of American shows because of obviously all of the black people being shot for, or, you know, just being like, I don't know, the police called on them for being in Starbucks or, you know, I saw some about going into a residential pool that mm. was for residents and they were residents. Oh, I've seen that one. Yeah. yeah. One. Um, but so I don't want to, I don't want to say like, it's the same here, but I was struggling with the idea that like, obviously, uh, well, not, you know, if you're, some people saying that now the sh- white straight males are losing out now the world's against them. Mm. 
And the conversations we were having, although, you know, I try and I don't want to push my agenda too much. And they were asking my opinions actually on a lot of things. And mine was so different to all four of theirs, in fact. Um, you know, my brother as well included because, you know, he's not white, like he's not white. But I just found it really strange. I found it very, I don't want to say enlightening because it really troubled me that if you're not aware of something mm -hmm. and you say it doesn't exist or isn't there, how do you become aware? And also, if, if, if a group of people don't see it, is there a point where it becomes too far? Not to say that it's gone too far, especially in the UK. I think a lot of the time you might sort of say in America this and in other places that, although it is a worldwide issue and not a UK one or a London issue, you know, we all do behave quite differently or different things happen and th some places are more extreme. But I was just really struggling with the idea that like, cause I, I couldn't explain like that people are treated differently without them having to do anything. White mm -hmm. privilege being one of them, being straight is another. I think in certain situations being uh, a person of color or being black in particular is another way that you might be treated differently, positively or negatively. And um, um, Male versus female. Male, oh my days. I don't even know why I didn't say it. That's ridiculous. Mm. Um, I think privilege does exist. Not necessarily just white privilege, but also, you know, just privilege in general for where you grow up and what you do. And I do think it does. You're, you're given certain, not on purpose, but you're either treated or not treated a certain way. And I think if you reject it, you're just being naive. Not to say that you have had all the benefits, but to then say, okay, let me look into it with an open mind and say, maybe that if, if it's being said enough, maybe it does exist. That I wish that, I think some situations in America are like that. We're just choosing to completely reject something that's different or unknown to us, as opposed to say, okay, well, maybe it's a part of our lives and it's something that we need to accept. Yeah, but do you not worry about it going to, I know you, I think you probably hinted it earlier on, but you're going so far the other way where it has a negative effect on the, the opposite. So take the male female, rightly so, women needed more of a voice, more of mm. a representation, but it's, it's going so, f not, I'm not saying it's going so far, or I'm not saying it's going too far, but I'm saying there's a risk that then all men get treated negatively as a side effect of the woman being treated positively. Are you asking, do I think that can happen or is happening? I think it could happen. Have you read the book Power? Never. Have you heard of it? Never. So it's this really great book. I really enjoyed it. Um, and it's about that situation where basically women suddenly become more powerful than men. Mm -hmm. The way that happens, shall I say? Well, they have an ability. They have an ability that suddenly makes them quite literally stronger and more powerful than men. Is it fiction or not? And eventually, it's, it's, it's non-fiction. If you read the book, it's fiction, pardon me, not non-fiction. Oh, okay. It's not real. It's fiction. Because when you hear about the power, it, it will never be a thing. Because it's got to do with evolution. And then they become more powerful. And then the way that they behave, because they're now in charge, as the person who wrote the book, which I, I can't remember now because I haven't got the book just here, um, she was like, these, she owned all the behaviors and the actions. She researched and it was documented that these are things that where the men had treated women as they gain more power. And so it did flip to the other side. So I guess there is that fear or the possibility that that's what happens. Although this book, I think the intention was to say, because these things seemed barbaric in the book. They seemed barbaric. They seemed horrible. There was some horror. And there's quite descriptive in a lot of them, how the men are treated in this book. This is exactly how women have been treated since the beginning of the time kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I also want to say that I, I think there's, there's a, in fact, we'll save it for another podcast. We'll okay. Yeah. I just think that 
at this point, I still think there is privilege. I'm not going to put white privilege into it because I think there's, that is a form of it. And it's not just enough about what I was reading up about it. I mean, it's not about the fact that you get a job and someone doesn't. And even this is this one thing, this, this woman called Gina Crossley Corrigan wrote, explaining white privilege to a broke white person. That's what the article is called. Um, she said that she was initially hostile to the idea that she had white privilege initially believing my white skin didn't do shit to prevent me from experiencing poverty. Uh, until she read a book by Peggy McIntosh, which is called Unpacking the Invisible Knapsack, which as I was reading up about it, it seems to be... So white privilege has been around since uh, the like 40s, but it's always been studied in universities and it's only now coming into light with certain sort of movements like um, Black Lives Matter and stuff. So it's actually mm-hmm. always been around and academics have always accepted white privilege as a way of saying it. We're without just more it. woke to it now, I guess. Well, we're not woke enough, I guess. And I want to, like, I'm not woke, I guess, or I don't know. I think it's that realisation that actually something could exist. Not necessarily understanding why. Uh, let me just finish this. Uh, so it so said, the concept of intersectionality recognises that people can be privileged in some ways and definitely not privileged in others. Which I think is important because white privilege doesn't mean you have all of the privileges. It just that means in some situations, I guess, that you have, you do have a privilege over others. Like, I don't know, parenting or uh, dealing with the police. Um, and things that things like that, I guess. Um, but how do you become work? How do you become? I think I don't know. I, the things, the, the conversations that we were having, I was, I definitely, it was interesting to me that people still felt that the way that they did. And not to say that they're like saying anything that's particularly wrong. I was just interested that the people that I, you know, being with like other gay men and stuff, and um, sort of what a wide, a wider range of people. I felt like I tried to understand or see if there is in fact some sort of privilege and I accept that people are treated very differently. But if you, I don't know, potentially stay within a, a very similar group, a similar and like-minded group that might lack diversity, like a group of white males, white straight males, mm. you have that protection and you don't necessarily need to feel like you need to be woke in some way. Yeah, I think, I, I, yeah, I think what just popped into my head there is a way to, I mean, I, I, I use the word woke ironically because I actually hate using the word, but... Uh, love Get Woke. The problem is the show uh, Dear White People on Netflix kind of ruined it because that was a bit of an extreme of like, you know, dear white people, this is how black people be. And I was like, oh, uh, I oh dear. I mean, it's okay. It's okay. Um, it's very, it's really black power. Properly. I just, well, exactly. I didn't want you guys forcing your agenda on me, if I'm honest. Exactly, you know, and that's why I haven't watched it. When I think that anyone that signs up to Netflix now has to watch it before they get access to anything else. Oh, probably. You guys have probably forced that into some contract somewhere. See, these are the kind of things that, that I was saying over the weekend, and I did find them funny, I must say, but I'm like, shit. What? You know, like, you forced it upon us, and um, maybe, you know, we don't need it to have it there all the time. Or, and I was Listen, like, if we live in a world where people feel victimised because they're being made aware of something that hasn't affected them affects somebody else like racism and homophobia then they need to look at their own lives and say why am i not more aware about this well you can't just say that because if you've known something and you've grown up in that no that's ridiculous how is it ridiculous if you haven't woke up if you haven't been in a situation where um this happened to you then why how would you this is what you know because you should be aware enough to read the news and know that this is happening. And you well, I don't read the news. Well, you know what's happening. But I don't read the news. Well, I, you read the news as one example. I mean, you can't, like when something goes viral, like the police shooting down black people in America, 
you can't avoid that. It's on every social media outlet, whether it be social networks, TV, the radio, you know, it's everywhere. You can't, you, you, you can't escape it. So unless you live in a cave, you should be more aware. I read something interesting where people would say, for example, the older generation and how they deal with homophobia. It's like, well, it's their generation. They, you know, they don't know any better. It's like, yes, they do. They do know better. They don't live in a cave. They have the access to the same media that I have. It's their force of habit that causes them to be hateful and homophobic and racist and whatever else. People need to be more in tune of what's happening, not just around them, but in the world to be able to understand, first of all, that they may have white privilege or they may have straight privilege but then, so or then think, female privilege or it, it's just... But then it's okay, so fine. Right, you say that, right. And then instead of the response being, well, okay, now it's everywhere. Now the flag is everywhere. Now black people being shown America is everywhere. And instead of it being, you must be aware because it happens. Have you ever heard someone say, you know, well, why does it need to be forced down my throat? Um, I don't see it happening everywhere. It seems to be everywhere. And I don't think that it's right. Because I've heard that we almost get defensive about certain things being like, well, you know, why does it need to be everywhere? Why does it need to be everywhere? I don't need to look at this all the time. And then it's almost like, and for me, I feel like their defensiveness is coming from a place where someone like, well, you know, now I can't get the jobs I wanted to before, where it's more because you were able to get those jobs. But now the idea is that we're hoping for a more even playing field and the privilege that you had, things might be harder for you if you're a white male, not because now everyone's getting steps over you, but now you have to fight in an equal battlefield for the same outcome, for the same opportunities. And yeah. I think getting I think getting defensive over some of these situations is because the fear that their lives won't be the same, which is potentially true, but I think realizing that the way their life was before, or our lives were before, because I would still say that being from London and being uh, a male allows me a lot of privileges. Now my life has changed because now I have to fight in the equal uh, playing field for, for opportunities. Because I think it's all about opportunities. And that's where I really struggle because getting so defensive about it, we're just, people aren't getting more rights than you. You know, gay people aren't getting more rights than you. Trans people are definitely not getting more rights than you. Uh, women aren't getting the same rights. Um, so I found it really difficult. I found it really difficult, but I also didn't want to shoot anyone down because I don't think, I, I've never dealt with sort of, especially sort of arguments about this in that way where I, I want to be as open or try and be as open, but I just, I really struggled to understand. Well, I think you explained, it. you explained it really well there. It's like black people aren't getting any more rights because they're, color their skin all they're asking for is the same as white people gay people are asking for the same as straight people it's just and it's like you say it's probably the fear of the fact that these people know they're going to be missing out on something and there's not going to be enough in it or maybe they don't even know but it's sort of like a sixth sense that they kind of indirectly haven't worked about but it's and to answer your point the people who yes there are people out there who say why does it have to be everywhere and why is it so in my face? It's like, because it matters, because people are out there dying and people like you are so blind to it. All you see is the fact that another rainbow flags up and you have issue with that. Meanwhile, people are out there getting attacked because they hold hands with their same-sex partner. Until we live in a world where you want to hold your boyfriend's hand as you walk down the street, until we live in that world where that's totally safe and you can feel comfortable doing that, then we need a rainbow flag in every fucking corner of the world <laughs> i don't know i think i'm getting it's, it's really difficult for me because i want my you know my friends and, and my, my family and stuff to sort of kind of obviously i want them to see the way that i see but i also think it's important for me to understand 
their points of view. And I think potentially I'm doing a similar thing where I'm struggling to understand how in this day and age, for example, you might feel that way. But then my experiences are different. I hang around with different people, you know, and I feel like I've felt some sort of, I don't want to say out and out discrimination from being from London. I've never, but I think, I think being gay and black is, is a thing because I am one and things have happened. And so I feel like that was my little tiny bit of difference. And imagine those that have big differences towards the normal and I'm using quotation marks. Yeah, yeah, he is. He is. I can vouch for that. But you have to. I like, should have also, said that. <laughs> you have to remember that <laughs> nobody else in that group of five except you know what it's like to be a gay black man. I don't know what it's like to be a gay black man. I mean, I'm sort of half black because two of my best friends are black and I'm the Beyonce of the group. So <laughs> she is the lightest one, in all fairness. She's basically white. <laughs> so I got, anyway, I have no idea what it's like to be a black man. So I don't know what your experiences are. Mm. Like you don't know. And what I don't know what other people's experiences yeah. are. Yeah, yeah. but what I do want to try and recognise is the privilege that I do have. So as a gay black man, I do have privilege because I I will be afforded opportunities over trans people for sure. You know, I don't think the opportunities would be the same, if I'm honest. I think, you know, I think that, you know, I do have a sort of a a certain level of privilege. Um, And I think it's important to be aware before you can make the sort of change or anything or, you know, add some sort of value to any change. But you have to kind of want that change. And that's what I'm struggling with is, you know, why would you want to change? Why would you want to change your life to benefit someone else's unless it directly affects you? Because you're already in a privileged position and that's bad. I'm not saying that's good. I'm saying that's bad. Yeah, but that's, Um, that's, that's the decent thing to do. It's the human, right? It's the human aspects of it, really. You know, it's a human race issue. And I think I'm sort of coming to the realisation now that it's important because I think I would have been quite selfish. And I think I am quite selfish. You know, if things don't affect me directly, I might be a bit close-minded to to wanting to help out. I think once I said about, you know, do, do I have to stand up for black issues if I don't deal with them on a daily basis? Is it my right? Because I think some people do see it that way. And then now I'm starting to think, well, it, it should be. It should be my issue because it's for those that are, have a platform a position a privilege to stand up for those that don't have the same opportunity yeah totally 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 i i I was thinking about this the other day and i was thinking i was sort of thinking like how come someone i was a bit i want to say i was a bit annoyed and you know what i get i I get annoyed about smallest things for no reason (laughs) you have to sort of back talk me but i was a little bit annoyed that some of my straight friends don't support pride more than what than they do They'll like a picture of me at Pride, but would they give up their time to come down and show their support at an event? Probably not. I know it's a lot to ask because people have their own lives going on. And it probably means more to me because it directly affects my life. But I think it's little things like that where if you see somebody being treated differently because of the color of their skin or their sexuality, you, should be, you shouldn't ignore it. You should take the opportunity to defend that person because they might not be totally comfortable doing it themselves. And you don't have to do it. You can live your own life. But mm. to me, this is the decision point where people need to get to. They need to stop hiding behind their keyboard and being social justice warriors that way and get out and be real life heroes in everyday things that matter, like Pride Parade. Like I was, like one of the things, John, his mum came to the Pride Parade this year. His brother did as well. I think it was their first Pride Parade. And I think John's mum had cried throughout the day because she was just overcome with happiness that this event was going on that celebrated people just being who they are and loving who they want to love. And she spent the next few hours talking about it, like how happy she was that 
this was happening and how happy she was that we were part of it and how happy she was that she got to be there and celebrate this lovely time in the world where people are changing and you know this is like comes back to what i was saying earlier all you know i don't know what age john's mom is but the older generation aren't justified in their backwards views because there is the ability of that sort of forward thinking would would john's mom feel like that if she didn't have a gay son i don't know but no doubt she has friends who don't have gay sons and i'm sure she'll tell them about what a great time she had i think that's the sort of things that that matter is all we're trying to achieve at pride and every pride is equality we're not asking for more we're not asking for special rights we just like for belfast we want equal marriage we want to be able to get married here in northern ireland and the same as any other straight person and to me it would mean a lot more to me if my straight friends straight friends showed their support i mean there's those gay people that don't come to pride either which is their own choice but again they should because and the thing that annoys me the most is do you have gay white guys who in my experience have now hung up their pride boots to say come on, we can adopt, we've got marriage, we've got everything we need. It's like, yeah, you do. But there's other there who don't. So put your pride bits back on and get marching again, bitch, because you don't stop until we all have the same. Oh, I'm nearly cried. <laughs> no, I heard. No, I, you... I, 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 I wasn't going to sort of mention about like my mum. I know that she's quite private and I know that I've run my mouth very freely, but I will say this because it's hard for me not to run my mouth about all of my experiences. I'm quite an open book when it comes to these things. But we had basically that kind of conversation this week and it was just opened up my eyes about, and it, I thought it was incorrect. My brother said about the experiences that I had are not different to his because I definitely had a different experience in my own household that was different to his and everyone else's. Mm. And my mum had basically said that <clears throat> for a long time, she's accepted and understood. And we had the most open and honest conversation. And I told her about how I'd felt when I was younger and stuff. And it's not too late for people to sort of change the way that they view things when it comes to just allowing people to be who they want to be and have the same opportunities as everyone else. And that's basically, you know, and yeah, that sort of strung a bit of a nerve when you said that about that, because, you know, I sort of had a similar, some, I'd say like to think some sort of revelation with in my own personal family situation. Um, and I think you're right. You know, I think that once you suddenly get the opportunity, you personally might get the opportunity that, the that other people might have but not everyone does then you'll choose to continue and i understand it i think especially you because we spoke about this your life you know we all think our life is so hard i think you know i've had a terrible week at work i might say you know i'm complaining i don't have enough things to do but what i am doing is being paid to work not do much and i'm still able to go on holiday all of these sorts of things you know all of these privileges that i get to have and yeah i think that i understand when you when it's sort of about perspective, isn't it? You know, fair enough. You might be going through a hard time, but you know, you're still able to live and it's trying to find that balance, but it'll take a long time, I guess, for people to change. It was just very hard. No, I don't want to say hard. It was just very interesting. And I thought it was quite difficult that, uh, those that were close to me still had such different view to, to what I did. Anyways, it's an interesting ending, isn't it? Hmm. Yeah. I really liked this recording. I, I, I got really into it. There's lots to think about. Yeah. Which I hope, I hope a lot. I hope the guys who listen to this and the girls who listen to this think about it. And I think one thing I do more, and it's happened, you know, ever since I. Do you know what? It happened ever since I watched the episode of Grey's Anatomy. I check myself. <laughs> I'm not saying anything. I'm just I'm checking uh, myself more. <laughs> I check what I'm saying more as a white person when it comes to. Oh, interesting enough here, which it's it, we had this conversation at work, but I oh, yeah, don't. It doesn't matter because we talked about it before. But um, I check myself more. That's what I'm saying. And I think it's important that other people out there 
check themselves as well. And I think it's important other people out there share this podcast with their friends to spread the message. And I think it's important out there that people follow us on Instagram and follow us on Twitter and subscribe. But I think it's important that they hashtag honestapod. I think you successfully cheapened our entire conversation by adding a plug at the end. But I do want to give a shout out, actually. Oh, I've told After you said that. Uh, which is, so you said people should share it. Remember we said we wanted our friends and uh, followers to uh, share on their own personal um, yes, social yes, media? Yes. yes, and we hope, uh, we hope people do. Uh, and I, this happened a couple of weeks ago, but Michael... Michael Duffel, or Dufel, as he likes to say when he wants to be posh, shared on all of his social media, uh, our podcasts and uh, tweets and stuff. So I just want to say thank you very much for the support. It's been incredibly supportive over the past couple of, uh, since the beginning. And yeah, always yes. comments about uh, the episodes and has an opinion about them, which I think is sweet. Yeah. Um, so you mean Michael, Michael Duflay? Michael Duflay, Michael Dufel, Michael Duffel. Yeah, they're all the same person. <laughs> so sneaky. Um, it's Michael Duffel, but he tries to say Dufel. And I'm like, you're not posh. It's like that. Do you, ever, do you, you might be too young. Do you ever watch Keeping Up Appearances? No idea. Oh, okay. She was, her name's Bucket, but she used to call herself Bouquet. I think I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah. It's exactly the same thing. Mm. So, yeah. Anyway, so that was my shout out. Thanks very much, Michael. Thanks for the love. Um, I thought you said you had something. <laughs> well, you know, I, I was. I, do you, I am meeting Colin. You are not. Yeah, Colin and I are meeting for coffee on Friday. Oh my God. It's going to be like Honest Pod's first wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure that you either Skype a video or at least let me know when it's happening because I'd like to say hello. Okay. Please. It's happening Friday at 9.30, I think the time we decided. So you might be at work. I'll be at work, but I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. But yeah, I'm sure you can still. Oh, we can video call you. I don't know if yeah. we can, can we record it. Or just take a picture. It's not the end of the world. I'd just like to say thank you. Well, Thanks. yeah. Well, I thanks everybody for listening. I we're handing out dates to people. <laughs> <laughs> um, I suppose I may as well say this as I finish off that. No, I, you can't end with that. Okay. okay. It's <laughs> no, it's not end the conversation and I'd like to go to bed. Okay, okay. That's in the conversation. Okay, that will go on. Oh my it god, this is, such, this is such a cliffhanger for next week. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, okay. What was he going to say? Good yeah. night. <laughs> <laughs> right, good night, Matt, because it is really late now. Um, it is really late. But yeah. you know, it's actually, I'm really glad how it turned out. So I hope it sounds really good as well and people enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, me too. And they will. I mean, if they don't, they're just either homophobic or racist. So They probably are. Yeah. I've met so many of these people. <laughs> Well, that's what you get for a hangout in white supremacist clubs. I was in shock. I'm not even going to go on into it again. Honestly, I was like, guys, I think we need to go. Then they were like, do you think they spiked our drinks? I genuinely thought they could have spiked our drinks. Because they were so nice. Yeah. I'm surprised they were nice. Only, like, not that I was there, but anyway, let's, let's end the conversation because I was going to go to sleep. All right. All right. Well, good night, everyone. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> good night, everyone. Um, sleep well. Uh, I will. I hope you do, Ashley. Don't let the bed bugs bite. They won't. They'll just uh, tickle me softly in bed. But they're all fucking dead from my sweat. Do you want me to sing you a lullaby? Good night, Ashley. Bye. Nah.